Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group here at the PCI Community Meeting in Orlando. I'm talking with Randy Vanderhoof, Executive Director of the EMV Coalition, to talk about the EMV migration in the United States. I'd like to just get an update from you about where we are, but to open up our discussion, a lot of what's been talked about here at the community meeting revolves around these recent retail breaches, and of course, uh, the revelation that Home Depot was in fact breached has been a topic of conversation. How would EMV have impacted the retail breach at Home Depot? Would it have prevented card data from being infiltrated or stolen? The Home Depot breach really just brought back a lot of the same concerns that we heard about other breaches that have occurred where the payment data that is in the the retailer's system is what the data thieves are after. And so if those merchants were accepting EMV cards rather than MagStripe cards, then the data that was in those systems would not be something that they could convert into counterfeit cards. And therefore, they would be a less likely target for those thieves. And even if there was a data breach, the data breach would not have had as much of an impact on the merchant and the and the issuers who are part of that merchant system because those cards would not likely be showing up on those uh, black market websites. And that's, that's a good point that you make, Randy. We've talked a lot about the fact that EMV can't prevent breaches um, and that it really can't prevent data from being stolen, but it can devalue that data. Is that the message here? Yeah, that's really the whole message around both EMV and what we're hearing now about tokenization is ways in which we can devalue the payment data that exists in the system so that if someone is able to get hold of it, they can't do any harm. And although we applaud PCI DSS for the diligence and the effort that they're making in securing the entire network and many of the processes that they've put in place are very strong deterrents for this type of data breach. It requires something more than perimeter protection or detection when a breach occurs. It really has to be at the core of what are the thieves after and get rid of that valuable data that's in those systems so um, there's less incentive for these data breaches to occur in the future. So you've been here at the PCI community meeting today and I'm assuming maybe you were here yesterday as well. What are you hearing from representatives who are here from the merchant community as well as perhaps the financial services community? What seem to be the concerns or questions that they have for you related to the EMV migration? Well, EMV migration is about two years into a three-year planned implementation, and so we're really now getting down to the nitty-gritty parts of the implementation. As we're seeing, there's been a big uptick in the number of EMV cards that are being issued. We've just upped our projections for 2014 that there'll be approximately um, 120 million cards out of the roughly 1.2 billion cards in the market already with EMV by the end of this year and about 4.5 million 
EMV capable terminals will be installed out of a total population of about 12 million. So we're starting to see some, some serious percentage-wise conversions to EMV, but we're not seeing a lot of EMV transactions yet. And that's because it takes not only putting the cards in the consumer's hands and putting the terminals in the retail store payment lanes, but also getting those terminals through the testing and certification process and the internal training that's required at the retailer level before those retailers feel comfortable about turning those terminals on and starting to accept the MV cards. And then we have that whole education process that needs to happen where consumers need to understand that when they use their new card that has a chip on it in a retail store that is enabled for EMV, they're going to have to change how that card is used and insert it into the terminal rather than swiping the mag stripe. Now that same consumer might go to the retail store next to that store that is not EMV enabled and they're going to be reverting back to using the mag stripe. So we know there's going to be some disruption for merchants and for consumers while we go through this transition, but it really is necessary in order to get to where we need to be. So Randy, the figures that you mentioned for the projections for the rest of the year for 2014, are those those are U.S. projections, right, for cards? Yes, U.S., terminals. correct. And would you say that there are more credit cards that are now EMV enabled, or is it a mix of credit and debit? Uh, there's many more credit cards than debit cards, and part of that was that we had some delays in getting the debit card for EMV resolved last year. There was some regulatory uncertainty in the market. There was some technical issues that the stakeholders needed to agree to. And there had to be in place some new partnering agreements between the payment brands and those regional debit networks to get resolved before those financial institutions who wanted to issue debit cards would have a EMV capable and Durban compliant card to be able to put into the market. So we lost a little bit of time last year. That didn't slow too much the implementation of credit, which is fairly straightforward, but now we're doing some catch up and trying to get um, more of the debit population in place. So from an EMV migration standpoint, Randy, I'd like to take us back a few years. You and I probably, I'm guessing four or five years ago, spoke about the EMV migration and the roadmap that was being drawn up. And the fact that mobile, you thought at that point in time, could play a significant role in the U.S.'s migration to EMV. What's your feeling now? Yeah, my feelings on mobile continues to evolve uh, on a month-by-month -month and sometimes week-by-week -week basis. So I was a very strong advocate for how mobile payments was going to be a significant driver for EMV and how a significant number of consumers would be transacting with mobile devices um, over the last few years. I sort of got a little bit of disillusionment um, as a result of the trouble that the mobile networks were having in getting their mobile devices to market, getting the relationships with the financial institutions in place, and the rather lukewarm reception that the major retailers had to accepting NFC 
CFC payments at the point of sale. So my expectations were starting to wane when this week's announcement came out with Apple and the iPhone 6 and their entry into the market with Apple Pay. And suddenly I have this renewed optimism that mobile is once again going to play an important role moving forward because Apple, you know, does consumer transactions extremely well and they have a very loyal um, customer base. And so they've introduced a mobile payment solution that not only meets but actually exceeds the, the security bar that has been set with regular payment cards and other mobile payment products out there. So I think the combination of their brand, their loyal customer base, and the very, I think, smart way in which they're implementing payment on the new iPhones is once again going to re-energize the marketplace for mobile payments. And I think this time merchants are going to pay attention because merchants definitely want to be in that mix of Apple customers who want to come in and use their new iPhones in this new creative way. Well, from a banking institution perspective, what would be the concerns there? I mean, how would they have to work with Apple or some of the other mobile carriers? The financial institutions have not really embraced the mobile network model or the Google Wallet model for payments um, for a lot of reasons, cost being some of them and also the the complexity in terms of of provisioning uh, the the mobile wallets perhaps um, being something that they didn't have an appetite for. But, you know, Apple brings over 800 million customers with iTunes accounts, most of them having a payment product linked to them and have provided a pathway for those issuers to be able to participate in the mobile wallet and leverage the cards that are already on file with some of these new customers that are going to be attracted to the new iPhone. So they really have addressed some of the barriers that issuers perhaps we're, we're viewing on mobile payments with their approach. And Randy, before we close, just one final question for you. If you had to take a step back and look at the industry, would you say you see more struggle on the retail side to get the POS terminals up to date, or would you say that it's on the card issuance side? It's really in, on all the parts in between. As we've seen by our numbers, we can get cards into the market and we can get terminals installed in the stores, but the part that's the most difficult is getting the software on those terminals through the very complex, costly, and and time-consuming testing and certification process and getting all of the various third parties that are involved in this payments ecosystem, the payments gateways, the integrated POS system vendors, all of the various processing partners that touch these um, transactions aligned and under the common EMV processing standards that are, are out there. Getting them all working together is proving to be a very complex task and a very difficult one to complete by the October 2015 target dates. Do you think we'll still be making an EMV migration seven years from now? When do you think we'll fully 
be there in the U.S.? Yeah, I, I think there's there's always going to be a tail to the migration that's going to involve late adopters, both at the hardware and acceptance side as well as the issuing side. What I'm expecting though is that the, the core drivers of the market, the top rated retail organizations and the bigger financial institutions have been preparing for this for quite a while and they've got the resources and the, the will to work this out and, and I think we'll be largely successful by the time we're sitting here a year from now. I think there's going to be a, a late catch-up at the end of 2015 that will carry over into the first half of 2016 before we will all feel like we've uh, arrived at a point where at least uh, a majority of the cards and payment transactions are chip-on-chip chip or chip cards being used in a chip-enabled uh, terminal. Randy, thanks again. I appreciate your time. Okay, Tracy. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Randy Vanderhoof of the EMV Migration Forum. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.